Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your host, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with you. Hey, we are going to start a brand new series today called Investment Monsters. If you've been watching the stock market lately, you might be a little freaked out by what's happening. Maybe you're seeing your investments go down and you quickly realized uh, or remember how quickly risk is involved with investing. We call it Investment Monsters because it's a little bit scary from time to time, but we hope in this three-part series, we can help inspire you to make some really good investment decisions. So in part one today, we're going to talk about if you own mutual funds in your 401k or retirement plans, you may not be as diversified as you actually think you are. We're going to help you understand where mutual funds came from, how they're used today, and it's something that you can ask your financial advisor or planner for that can help you really understand just how diversified you are. So stay tuned. This is going to be an awesome conversation. But as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe, follow, uh, leave, a, leave a review, hopefully a five-star one if it means a lot to you, because you never know how your review can help inspire somebody else to become a believer. If you have any questions at all, you can reach out to Travis or myself at info at seedpg.com. That's info at seedpg.com. Just let us know in the subject area that you have questions regarding Ditch the Suits and something we talk about today. But as always, we appreciate you stopping by because we hope that this information inspires you to go out and live your best life because you only get one shot at this thing. We're just here to help you on your road to financial freedom. So thanks for stopping by Ditch the Suits and enjoy the series. Well, welcome to another edition of Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Hey, we want to kick off a brand new series today. If you haven't been paying attention and you look around, stock market's been down as of recent. People are starting to freak out. They're getting worried about their investments. You're signing on to your 401k platform, noticing that you're down, and maybe you're picking up the phone and figuring out, what do I need to do uh, to better position my money? We want to kick off this brand new series called Investment Monsters, because we want to talk about three big area that we think a lot of investors have questions about today. So what I'm going to do is put myself in the position of many of the callers that we get and people that call in. One of the biggest investments out there today are mutual funds. And if I'm an investor, I might say, I own mutual funds, but I'm looking at what's happening in the stock market. I'm looking at what's happening in my returns. I'm down. I don't understand why. I was always told that mutual funds were the best way to diversify my money, but is there a better way? And if there is, what can I actually do about it? But I don't have a ton of information. I, I never grew up understanding investments. I know I started a job. I got some sh uh, sheets from my HR that told me to pick a whole bunch of uh, 401k investments, and I just kind of pick some things and I've run with it. It would be helpful if finally someone could explain to me what actually is a mutual fund and what do I need to know to be better positioned today. So can you help me? All right. Yeah. So let's do this, Steve. Let's pretend that you're the actual client mm -hmm. and, or prospect and you've called me and you've said, hey, just kind of like walk me through this. Yep. I think that that'll probably give like anybody listening to this can then mimic us, right? Yep. And you can you can have the same conversation with whoever you're talking to. Sure. So basically, like you, the first question you had, if I got this right, is what's a mutual fund? Give me a brief history of it so I can understand what I'm buying here. Yep. And all right. So think back in the day, maybe your parents, um, a lot of people had pensions back in the, if they worked in the 60s, 70s, maybe in the 80s, a lot of them got pensions. Mm -hmm. And there was a point in the early 80s where 
life expectancy was stretching out. Companies didn't want to be on the hook for paying people lifetime incomes yep. because when they were first created, people only lived like five years after retirement. Now people live like 30 something. So they said, hey, listen, you, employee, you're in charge of your own money. We'll put some money in an account for you. You can put some money in an account for you, but you're going to pick your own investments, hands off. We're not in charge of making sure you can get through retirement anymore. So that all happened in the 80s. Well, the biggest or the primary investment of mutual or of, of 401ks are mutual funds. Yep. So when you put your money in the plan, it goes in and it goes into an investment vehicle called a mutual fund or something very similar to a mutual fund. So there's obviously other things that could show up in there, but they're all pretty much gimmicked like a mutual fund is. So it's a type of investment vehicle where you are pooling your money with a, it's like an investment club. There's a whole bunch of you, you're putting your money in there and you've all chosen the same party to manage that portfolio for you. So you're all sharing in the gains and the losses of a collection of investments like stocks or other securities that the investment manager is going out there and picking for you and they're charging you a fee. And the idea is, is if you're a small investor, which everybody when they started the 401k was, is get the cost down by pooling everybody together, kind of like insurance and protect you from, if you just had to pick a stock, you know, how would you do that? This is like predating the internet as it is now, right? So here's a mutual fund, a whole portfolio for you. You don't have to think about it. At least it's better than you're trying to figure out what stocks to buy and stuff. Yep. And that was the idea then. So it was a portfolio. You put your money into a portfolio that somebody was running for you. Maybe you got a couple of choices, maybe a stock portfolio, maybe a bond portfolio. But then when you fast forward today, there's tens of thousands of different portfolios you can pick. Most mm -hmm. 401ks, you're going to have 20 to 100 different portfolios you can choose from. You know, if you go out to the investment world, E-Trade or TD Ameritrade or Schwab or Fidelity or someplace like that, there's thousands and thousands of mutual funds you can buy. Yep. Each one's a portfolio, though. Each one owns 20 to 100 stocks or I mean, that would be like a small mutual fund. You can get up to thousands of stocks in the mutual fund. Each one's a portfolio. You're just buying a, you know, you're, you're not all my eggs in one basket. So I picked a portfolio. So that's, that's the general kind of what that is. Okay. So when I look at my statement that's in front of me, I see five letters, which are a symbol followed up by XYZ growth fund or XYZ large cap fund. What am I really looking at? And if I understand from what you just said, each one of those mutual funds has a specific number of holdings that make that up. I can't necessarily see what they are, but I know that they're made up of most usually stocks or bonds or some variation of in between. So you said when this originally started, mutual funds, there was only a few options and it was a different way to invest my money from a pension. But is that how money is, uh, mutual funds are still being managed today or pushed? Because when I sign on to my 401k, it looks like there's a whole lot of options and I don't really know what I should be picking or what's right for me. So is it the same experience today with mutual funds? I think just like, just like anything, things have kind of a noble purpose. There's, there's a reason why we have mutual funds, right? Especially when you're just starting out, you have access to uh, an entire portfolio instead of saying, okay, what stock do I buy in? I don't even have enough to buy a share. So what can I do? So it's still used to give you a portfolio mm -hmm. and, and, and to give you uh, a, a, you don't have to think about it. You put the money in and there's somebody taking care of it all for you. Aside from that though, the financial industry figured out how to make oodles and oodles of money on mutual funds. That's why there's tens of thousands of them. In fact, we do reviews all the time with different investment companies. And when you look at the funds that they offer, um, maybe like, 25% of the funds are any good. 75% aren't very good. 
of the 75%, maybe even a third of those are really atrocious. But if you call the investment company up and say, hey, can I buy that emerging markets fund you have that? They're not going to say, well, yeah, you could, but it's rated in the top or the the, the bottom 5% of all funds out there. So I don't think you should buy it. Sure. They'll gladly let you put your money in and pay them a fee. So mutual funds have turned into this kind of fee generation mechanism. In fact, the, the mutual fund and investment industry says to the financial advisor industry, you guys should just outsource investment management to us. You don't need to know much about investing. That's our job. We're the smart people. We do all the research. You're the relationship managers. You go gather the assets, send the money over here, and we'll manage them for you. Mm. That's literally like a huge portion of the industry is just about getting your money, collecting it up, aggregating it, and then sending it over to XYZ to actually manage it for them. It's one of the questions I always ask people. You know, if I meet somebody new and they're saying, what should I ask my financial advisor? Ask him for their investment management process. Hmm. Did they say, well, you know, I picked from the, the the firm's approved investment list and I picked your mutual funds that way. What that? What is that? You're picking portfolio managers off an approved list, but what's the research you did into that to understand all the different portfolios and who's actually managing the money? You're just picking managers, but who are the managers? Who's managing my money, right? So. Uh, does that shed? Does that maybe answer that question? What you were looking for? Yeah, but I, I guess I'm confused because I look at what's happening in the stock market. My money is down. I don't understand why. When I meet with my guy, he tells me that I'm diversified and not to worry about it. And when I look at my statement, I have you know a, a number of different mutual funds that have similar titles to them. And I'm wondering, am I really as diversified as I am? And the question that I'm posing is: there a better way to do it? Because I just assumed. Gotcha you would just own a whole bunch of 10 different mutual funds and be diversified, but it's making it sound like you're showing me that there might be an even better way or a more intentional way of diversifying that I'm just trying to wrap my mind around what does that actually look like? Yeah, so you, what you have is a portfolio of portfolios. Okay. So if a portfolio, and, and a pretty diversified portfolio might have 20 to 100 stocks in it, mm -hmm. and you might cut it off there. And the reason why is when you're talking about diversification, you're trying to avoid catastrophic loss. So if you follow modern portfolio theory, the concept is, is I can, I can have a bunch of really risky things, but when I add them all up, the sum of it's not quite as risky. They kind of negate each other's risk. Yep. Some will go up a real lot and some will go down a real lot. Well, if you only own three things and one goes to zero, you're going to lose 33%. But if you own 50 things and one goes to zero, you lose 2%, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a point where diversification really helps you because it avoids you from losing catastrophic loss. But what happens if you keep adding and now you have 500, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 stocks in your collection of portfolios? You own everything. So you, you, don't, you now own the whole. You're just getting the average. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, there's not enough differentiation between what's happening in the world and what's happening with just your diversification points. Meaning, let's say that in your portfolio of 20 investments, one of them could go up 50%. You're going to notice that in your portfolio. If you have one investment go up 50%, you're going to, in fact, one investment going up 20% is probably going to make you a percent on your statement, right? Mm. So you're going to really notice that when an investment does really good. If you own thousands of stocks, in order to raise the average, you have to have an enormous amount of you know upward momentum. 
in a lot of different stocks. And when you look at the like the S&P 500, every day there are stocks up double digits and down double digits, yet it only moves by like a percent at a time or 2% or 3%. That's that example. You, you own so much that it really kind of waters out the extremism. But at what cost? That's the question. So when you own literally everything though, and on average, most of the stuff goes down, you're just going for a ride with it. You're not saying, you know, hey, don't own some of this bad stuff that goes down a lot. You just, you have one of everything. So that's, I threw out modern portfolio theory. That's this, I, I think it's it's the pie chart theory for the financial industry. It's like, here's my pie chart. It's better than your pie chart hmm. type of thing. If you ever looked at a statement or saw an investment proposal, they always show you the pie chart. We do it. We say, you know, here's your equities and here's your fixed income. Right. But a lot of places they'll get even further broken down and they'll break it down. Like you'll see 20 different mutual funds in there and they'll show you how much real estate and large cap and small cap and all that kind of stuff. And they'll talk about a thing called the efficient frontier and how efficient, you know, how perfect they are between risk and return. And what they're really saying is we built a portfolio of portfolios for you based on historic data. We looked at what each one of these things that we own does from a standpoint of how volatile is it? How much ups and downs does it have? And what's its average return over the last 30 years? And we came up with the right mix to target a certain return for you and minimize the perceived risk. And they've built this portfolio of portfolios. Well, what happens if something that happened over the last 30 years doesn't repeat itself? Like, let's say, for instance, the rise of the mutual fund or high interest rates going to low interest rates which is what we saw for the last 30 years and now what if, what do we what if we see low interest rates going to high interest rates how does that change things sure. corporate tax rates covid government regulation shutdowns those types of things what happens natural disasters i mean they talk about climate change right uh water and food shortages what happens if things change the economy and the world in ways that did not happen the last 30 years internet facebook didn't exist back in the 80s it, you know, it, it, Amazon didn't exist. You know, I mean, Apple, not what it is today. I mean, like these, these, what they are today is because of an, you know, the the broad usage of the internet, which wasn't a thing back then. So if you model performance and your investment decisions off of historical context, but only from a statistical nature, and you don't put in the two concepts of causation, that is. What caused it to happen before may not cause the same or may not happen again, right? Or it may not just because you have high inflation doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly like it did last time because there's there's new types of technology out there. So causation can be different and also randomness. Sometimes things just don't happen as they're supposed to happen. Say that and again. it surprises the heck out of us. So the financial advisor comes to you and says, here's my pie chart. You should, you should buy a portfolio of portfolios, which is not, you know, we talked about whether or not you're really diversified there. And they're really selling this thing that, you know, somebody else is managing because they're not actually managing the investments in there. They're just picking the managers and putting them together for you and making the pie chart. And we're doing it based on historical data that is very unlikely to repeat itself exactly the same way. 
Well, and let me let me ask so I can recap what we're talking about here. I came to you because I have questions. I'm looking at the market. I'm looking at my investments. It's been a long time since I felt nervous about what's happening with my money. Um, you have mentioned that I have, looking at my statement, 10 mutual funds, and now you're sharing that I might be over-diversified or have a lot of overlying or overlapping investments, which I can understand. You've shared a little bit of how you know, you can be more diversified with these 20 to 100 points of diversification. But when I go to meet with my financial guy, they talk to me about owning these different investments. They show me the 75-page PDF, even though we only really look at one page. They show me the pie chart. They tell me that I'm diversified, but yet I'm left with questions. Uh, we've looked at, you know, some of the different theories that are out there, which my advisors talk to me about, and they tell the stories of these mutual fund managers and how they've performed over the years in the market. But I have lots of questions because as you said, the world is changing, but my investments don't change that much. I'm looking at things like COVID, these disruptions. As an investor, I'm nervous. And what you've said is that a lot of times I'm told to stay the course or just to have enough diversification across all these mutual funds. But you, you've mentioned and piqued my interest by saying there might be a better way to be diversified and here's how you can do it. That's why I'm here. When I'm looking at my 10 mutual funds, how can I begin to look at how diversified I actually am? This is a very, very simple way to assess your diversification. It's called the correlation coefficient. Okay. Um, so correlation uh, is how things move together. And the correlation coefficient is a measurement. Mm -hmm. So you take two investments and you run them through the, the equation and you get a number between negative one and one. The closer to one things are, the more in lockstep they move. They don't have to go, like if one goes up 10%, one's going to go up. It may go up 1%, it may go up 8%, but the point is they all move in the same direction. Mm -hmm. A negative correlation, so if you had a negative one, it means things act in perfect opposite. Whenever one thing goes up, the other one always goes down. If something goes down, the other one always goes up. If you're at zero, it means they have nothing to do with each other. One's going to go up, one's going to go down. Both might go up, both might go down. They're just, they're completely random. Yep. So what are you trying to do with diversification? You are trying to get things that don't all do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you wanted, if you're investing and you're diversified and you buy 20 things that all go up and all go down together, you're not diversified at all. Everything's doing the exact same thing. Right. Doesn't matter what the names are. Doesn't matter what asset class you put them in. If they're all going up together and all going down together at the exact same time, you're going to have a wild ride. So if you ask the investment manager for a chart that plots out your correlations, they will give you like a little heat map and it'll have a, on, on one axis that'll list all the investments on the other axis it lists them all, but it it basically plots them all out. So yep. it compares every investment to each other in your portfolio. What you will notice with your mutual funds, and it, it'll be a little bit different comparing stocks to bonds. So that's a little bit different because they're they're fundamentally different. Yep. But when you look at all your stock funds, which is really where all your, probably most of your losses are coming when the market goes down. One of the things that you're going to notice is maybe at most, the correlation gets into this 0.7 range, meaning all your correlations are probably going to be 0.7 to 1%, predominantly probably all about uh, all above 0.85 when you're looking at your mutual fund stock funds. So 
you could have six funds in there. You could have a hundred funds in there. You're not going to see a lot of difference between the stock mutual funds. Why? They own so much. It's really hard for, you know, like inside of there, they may have a lot of um, diversification inside each portfolio, yep. but you're layering portfolios on top of each other, which are all predominantly just going up and down with the market movement. If you broke that down and you actually looked inside one of those portfolios, you took an actively managed stock portfolio and you looked at the 25 stocks that it owns and you looked at the correlation coefficients of those, you're going to see a couple in the negatives, a whole bunch between zero and 20, probably a bunch in the uh, under 50 or 60, 0.5 or 0.6. It'll look extremely different, almost like are these these two different metrics or what? How could those ones be, you know, I own 20 different mutual funds and they're all within 15 points of each other. And then over here, these things are wildly different. That's what you're looking for a money manager to do. Diversify you, find you investments that act very different from each other at different times. And there's a reason for that. When what what are you supposed to do as an investor when you make a lot of money on an investment? Let's say sell the it. investment goes way up and you make a ton of money. You sell, right? You go to Vegas, yep. you win the casino, you take the winnings and put it in the safe. So you go home with something. Yep. And they call that an investing selling high, right? Yep. And a little different than Vegas, but when you're way down on something on an investment, what are you not supposed to do? Sell. Right. What are you actually supposed to do when things are on sale? Buy more. Buy more. So if you have on any given time an investment that is up and another one that is down, what can you do? Sell high and buy low. Yep. If all your investments are up together or all your investments are down together, what can you not do? Sell high and buy low. You have to have perfect timing then on the entire portfolio, not just parts of it. Yep. You don't have diversification. You've been tricked into it. The marketing looks good. Even the financial advisors themselves, a lot of times, conceptually think you're diversified. But that's because that's the marketing material. The mar- Understand the investment industry is a machine designed to sell you their profit, their profit centers, which are mutual funds or investment management. Right. Your job as an investor is to say, show me how I'm diversified. And don't let them show you a pie chart. Make them show you the correlation coefficients. Because they can't hide that. There's no way to hide it. I can pretty up a pie chart. I cannot pretty up the fact that all your investments are grouped together as far as how they're going up or down. Okay. So so bring it full circle. What's what's the name? What do we want to look for? What type of correlation? You want as close to zero correlations as you can get. So but what, but what, what's the name of it? What's the chart really? Well, yep. you just want a correlation coefficient chart. Okay. So that's the chart that if you're an investor, you want to go look for, because I would say that that's probably one of the two biggest questions when new people call us trying to become clients is they want to make sure they're doing the right things. And are they okay? If you're looking at your 401k statement, you're looking at your investments, you said, man, I've owned mutual funds my entire life. And I thought I was diversified, but now you're shedding some light on, maybe I'm not as diversified as I thought. And there might be a better way. We're trying to give you some real tools that you can take back to your advisor or somebody that you work with in your 401k plan to help empower you because the market will continue to move. 
things like COVID, these disruptions that no one can plan for are going to affect how your money's being managed. And you need to know how to ask questions. So in this first part, we wanted to give you this idea of mutual funds because it's a really broad concept. And I think a lot of people are embarrassed to say they might not actually understand what's happening with their money. They have investments at various different firms. They feel like they're diversified. All their eggs aren't in one basket. But then reality sits and the market goes down and that pain kind of settles back in of, oh yeah, sometimes this isn't always fun. What should I be doing? So as we kind of bring this one to a close and our next two points to kind of give you a little precursor, we want to help you in the next series avoid bad investment decisions. Wouldn't everybody love to have some kind of matrix or ability or platform to avoid making big investment mistakes? Uh, the uh, And then the last one, the biggest question that we get from a lot of people too is what do I do with my extra cash? I got cash that so I put it to work. So as we talk about these investment monsters and why monsters, monsters are things that scare us. Monsters are things that can sabotage our dreams and they make us nervous. Investing is a they very hide under real- the bed. <laughs> Again, and a huge part of financial planning is the investments that you own. Your investments are only a tool. Your money does not define you. Your money is what gives you the ability to go out and live your best life on your road to financial freedom, but it will impact your financial plan if you're not managing and stewarding it correctly. So there's a lot of information we gave you in this first little part here. Hopefully this is going to lay the groundwork for where we're trying to go. But as always, if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate, uh, hesitate to reach out to Travis and I. We are here to help because we want to help inspire you to go out and live your best life. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at cpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to ditch the suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.